All right, welcome back to Blue by 90. I'm Justin, joined by Jack and Caitlin. As always, it is June 8th. I personally can't fucking believe it's June. I don't know about you guys, but we're like, it feels like halfway through summer. I know we're not, but it just feels weird. It does. Are you thinking that it's like later in the year than it should be? Because I feel like it's like July right now. I don't really, I guess I'm just in an alternate reality where like it's still April, but it's also like August at the same time. I, don't I feel know. that. We've had, I mean, we've had yeah, some dude. fucking hot weeks, man. I, know. I think that's what's done it. We've had some good weather, some hot weeks. I think it's supposed to be good weather the rest of this week. I also, hot as fuck next week. Yeah. I also think I have COVID right now. So I think that's a little bit like, you know, getting to the brain, getting a little, little brain bit. fog there. But, you know, I mean, how many how many people out there are going to have COVID and still be like, no, we've got to record a podcast? We uh, do it probably not many. Probably not you many. You got your name right and you did the intro right, so I, that's I think you're true. fine. That's I mean we're the, I got the date right. Uh, yeah. Thankfully, it's right in the bottom corner of my screen, so a little cheat sheet there. But power. I mean, well, we're for the people. Listen, we we do things. I've done this very drunk. I've done this very hungover. I've done it with COVID. I mean, this podcast started through COVID. So, you know. Speak for yourself. I was shouting to the people from the rooftops with Shea Patterson (laughs) as the quarterback. (laughs) With all three listeners. Oh, my God. (laughs) And all three listeners were just us, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Uh, that was at that point of the podcast too when i started there were still it got up to like six listeners because i would listen every time on my spotify my (laughs) apple podcast my google podcast (laughs) youtube we were all listeners i was just like i was going into apple stores like subscribing to us on every phone (laughs) dude that's not a bad idea (laughs) we should be doing that for sure you really should Oh my god. <laughs> Please subscribe. Actually, low key, if you are out there, I need you guys to put in a rating for us on Spotify and Apple because I went in there. I don't think we have any ratings. So I think we do. I, I think it's know. just it's a bunch of Ohio State fans giving us one star. <laughs> Probably. Let me we let me to, check right now. We need you guys to help us out. Give us a five star rating. Tell us what you love about us. And then it'll bump us up and we'll we'll get bigger and give you guys better content too. I guess we, we do need more more rankings on uh, Spotify. I know. Maybe are Apple we back Podcasts on anymore? YouTube again too. We're back on we YouTube are. now, so we're on the uh, the Blue by Ninety YouTube. So check us out there. My New favorite, stuff coming out. Go ahead. My favorite YouTube comment was some guy telling Jackie had dial up internet. <laughs> Dude, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, because you couldn't get it to load. <laughs> oh. Hey, 20, 24 ratings on uh, Apple Podcasts. How many? We got a 4.5 out of 5. Wow, that's not bad. What's the lowest? We have the a lowest. One? So we they're all five stars and then a one star. Or maybe, <laughs> hold on, let me see if I can see how many one stars we got. <clears throat> oh, they didn't even write a review. They just gave us one star. Oh. If you're out there and you gave us a one star, Fuck you. at least leave a comment. Yeah, at least let us know what we can improve on. Yeah. What do yeah, you, what do you, if you, party. if you had to point to like one episode or, or one thing you said, what do you think would, uh, make somebody give you a one star? Oh, probably when I was talking about going commando. 
<laughs> or shitting my pants. I don't know. One of the two. I don't know if I talked about that on the podcast or not. I'll be honest. I thought about leaving the podcast like after that episode too. So. <laughs> oh my god! I yeah. wouldn't blame you. No. Hey, that's, that's perfectly on brand. Yeah, that's what I bring to this place. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right. What's going on? Um, let's. I first of all, I want to talk about how. The world, the world hates Michigan. The world hates Michigan. Why? What did we do to the world? I don't know, man. It's just not fair. Baseball got hosed twice. Two times. And what? Back-to-back? Back-to-back plays? Are you talking about the strike call, too? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly no. the reviewed... Um, tag at second, replay at second. That clearly right. showed the guy got tagged out after he was called safe, and they his confirmed fingers it. literally went like that. Yeah, and they were like, "Nope, yeah, he's definitely safe." And then naturally, four runs score after that. Yeah, and then what? Double to score two runs, and then that fucking terrible missed strike call. Next, it was just a fucking two run homer. I know. I'm like, bro, what are we doing here? It was, it was so bad. That's um. Bad, and then it turns out the the umpire literally was umpiring in the off season for like Louisville scrimmages because he's like close to the program. So, so. was it the home plate umpire? No, it was the second base second umpire. Base. Ah, okay. So it's still first of all, I'm I'm more on the NCAA. How do you let that happen? Hundred percent. Um, because you know his background, but also there's a clause. Somebody sent me the contract you have to sign to be an NCAA ump, and you have to say, like, do you have any conflicts of interest, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I think that Michigan should sue, personally. Fuck I think we should go to a, a Johnny Depp law- about how, how defamation does- lawsuit. <laughs> Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard and, and Michigan versus the NCAA. Oh, my God. Do we, that do we would know- be some quality content. <laughs> and we're representing him. <laughs> oh fuck. We were losing that case. Have you ever seen <laughs> Louisville the- shit the bed? I saw them do it. That's what Your happened. Honor, look at this shit. What <laughs> uh, uh also, we, also we the block was clean. You've been talking. Shut up. Shut up. Let me talk for a second. <laughs> do we know how the review process works in college baseball? Yeah, do you can I talk now or no? Now you can. I just <laughs> want to get that question out for the last like two minutes and you keep cutting me off. Wait, what was the question? Fuck you. <laughs> um, so the review process is that the umps like go to the monitor, but it's all being done in like the Chicago office or something. There's somebody there that actually makes the call and tells them, Yep, this is you know, confirmed or denied or whatever. That's what I want to know. I want to know who made that call. Yep. I think Can we the hunt them down. Manager ask for something to be reviewed though. Good question. Or is it just like the I don't I don't know. That's a good question. Hmm. Uh you expecting us to know a few things. Like I had that I had the first one ready and I sounded smart and then you I put it on like a T for you. One then more Caitlin comes in with like a hundred and five mile an hour fastball. <laughs> hey. Hi Jules Amaya over here. Yeah, for real. Break your finger playing guitar hero. Well, that was my one. That was your one. That was your <laughs> shining moment. I felt bad for the boys, though. I did. It sucked, man. Especially for them to come back. To come, come back, back into that game when it looked like they were dead to rights. And they should have gotten the victory, but got fucked. 
You know what? Uh, what was the craziest <laughs> stat though? That out of the last every every single one of their last twelve games, they were the underdog and they won eight of them. It's pretty crazy. That's, I mean, that's an amazing stat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty insane. Good for the boys though to make a run. It would have been incredible for them to go to supers, but hey, you know, I, I'm gonna be very honest right now. I feel like that team already overachieved by getting to the uh, to the regional final. Yeah. So. They overachieved by getting to the regional and winning the Big Ten. Win the Big Ten tournament. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a victory of a season. You're hanging a banner. It's almost like a rite of passage just past year to, like, win the Big Ten as a Michigan sports team. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is very true. Very true. Um, 13 of them. Yeah, I feel like bad. if you're in the Big Ten and you didn't win, like, a championship in any sport, you should be kicked out. I think you should be relegated to you should. the – to Mac. the Mac, relegated Mac. to the Mac, relegated to the Mac, or just like relegated to like the Milky Way galaxy. Just get them the fuck out of here. Either or, I would be happy. For those who don't know, we're talking about Michigan State. I don't know <laughs> if you know this or not. I may or may not have said this before, but Joey Velasquez has two Big Ten championships this calendar year, and Michigan State has zero. Wow. <laughs> I knew that, but I forgot, and now I just remembered and got excited all over again. So that's – I'm going to use that stat for the rest of 2022. Incredible. Um, so I'm going to put that on a tank top or something and, like, wear that to the first tailgate. We, yeah, we need to get him – we need to get him a shirt. Um, we got to get a Big Ten championships, like, and then Joey V, two, Michigan State, zero. Yeah. Can I get a shirt like with that. that on it? I like there that. There you go. <clears throat> I will – I for the listeners out there, just know I will never, ever, I promise you this, ever pass up an opportunity to shit on Michigan State. I will never do that. So <laughs> if you think I'm a hater, that's why, yeah. that's why we love you. Yeah. <laughs> um you know what else I wanted to talk about too? Mm. Jordan Poole just being fucking unreal still. Like that buzzer beater, are you kidding me? Launched it from fucking Jupiter. Looked like Houston all over again. Something about him and buzzer beaters. He, he I don't think he didn't have a very good uh, first half either, right? He, just, no, like, he went off in second. Yeah, and then he was, like, really struggling, and then he came out and he scored, like, at one point it was, like, uh, Jordan Poole 16 points to um, the the other team's, like, 12 or something like that. Damn. So, yeah. Warriors just have so many weapons, man. Yeah, I think I said it before that, like, I think that the Warriors will ultimately end up winning because of that. Like, yeah, it's just it just feels like it's a new guy every day that that comes out and is the guy that can't be stopped. I also want to talk about this for a second. And he's a Sparty, so don't like, you know, it's hard for me to do this. But is Draymond Green, like, take scoring out of it? Is he like one of the best all-around players of all time? Oh, take scoring the basketball, scoring which is the yeah. literal point of the whole entire game. <laughs> take that out of the equation. It's almost a joke question, but it's kind of serious. Like he's so good at every like take scoring and dribbling out of it, and he might be one of the best players of all time. I really can't <laughs> tell if you're being serious. Right I'm now. I'm dead take- serious. I swear to God, I'm dead serious. <laughs> Put him, put him in a handball league. Is he the best best player of all time? (laughs) 
Like, no I'm trying to think about this. If you take, if you take like being smart and being able, being able to talk well, then he would be be the best lawyer of all time as well. <laughs> like, uh, I think he's smart though. I think he's a smart guy. I do think I think he's a smart guy. I think I think he's a pretty good speaker. I I don't know. I don't know what he does well. I'm gonna I'm gonna he's a great defender. But when he defends, he's just annoyingly like bodying you up too much and fouling every time. That's and then, and then when he's on when he has the ball, because he can't dribble and he can't shoot, so he just runs as fast as he can <laughs> out of control towards the hoop and just flings it up. And then there's been a couple times where he flings it up and goes off the literal top of the backboard, drops in, and then he goes, oh, and flexes his muscle. Dude, you know, you want to know who my NBA comparison is? It's Draymond Green. <laughs> that's who I play basketball like. So that's why you're trying to convince us that <laughs> that means you're good. Am I one of the best call players of all time? Maybe. Maybe. I think that Draymond has gotten so incredibly lucky over his NBA career that he's been with like seven Hall of Famers. Think about it. They've had Steph, they've had Clay, they've had uh Durant, they've had go down now it's gonna be pool, like go down the list. And then there's just Draymond in the corner that just like I don't I just like don't really know what he does. And I then he ends he, up with a stat line of like four points, two assists, and then rebounds. six fouls. And six fouls, yeah. I yeah. think the thing that bothers me the most about Draymond's game. Not only the fact that he just can't dribble to save his fucking life, but he shoots like he has a backpack on. Like how how has nobody <laughs> fixed that in yeah, the fifteen years that he's been in the league? He does. Like you can't get him with a shooting coach so he can, you know, not look like an idiot when he shoots the ball. <laughs> That's a great comparison. He looks like the the kid that like uh, you're in PE and and your friend comes in from the other class and he's still got yeah. his bas- uh backpack and flip flops on, and 100%. then he tries to shoot and it like flops up and down. Yeah, that that's him. He's like leaned forward and like hunched down. He's trying to carry the weight of a backpack. And just... you know, it's incredible though. Like you go back to him at MSU and he was like a dominant scorer. Yeah, was he it's player crazy. of the year? Like national player of the year? I think. I don't think he was national player of the year. He might have been Big Ten player. Big of the Ten year. player of the year, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, know, he. But... I, I'm still. I mean, backs up my. You know, I think he's a great all around player, minus dribbling and scoring and. <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love that you were like you were so dead serious until you realized how dumb it sounded i'm still serious I, like i still believe it take away dribbling change the entire sport of basketball okay you can't and move and you can't score what do you guys think yeah. about this guy Draymond's the best of all time he's number one overall pick oh my god i really i really cannot do that it take away <laughs> go ahead no go ahead <laughs> i was gonna say take away um i don't know take away throwing the ball and take away handing it off and mark sanchez is the best quarterback of all time i think ah but he doesn't i mean he ran into like a butt dude like he can't even he can't even move his feet where it's supposed to go <laughs> Either oh, <God>. can on. <laughs> if mark sanchez was a dominant safety then there we go then i would agree with you Who's the uh, if uh, if you take away throwing interceptions, Nathan Peterman's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Agreed, hundred <laughs> percent. 
<laughs> if he just didn't throw six picks is a game, he, still, he would have been is he really still in good. the league. I don't think he's still in the league. There's if he's still in the league, then I don't know what to say. I don't. I don't think he is. <clears throat> um. So what's the what's the uh, what's hockey what's hockey up to, and then what's the uh, series for Celtics Warriors? Um, Oilers I think are getting spanked by. The Avalanche? Colorado. Three nothing. Colorado leads three nothing. Then the yeah. Rangers are are uh, leading over the Lightning two nothing. That's a boring playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. I thought it was two two. I thought series was tied. Rangers Lightning? Yeah. Oh, you are so right. Who the fuck did you get two off from? Uh, I was looking at game two. <laughs> I was looking at game two. Sorry. <laughs> my brain is just not at its got peak. COVID right. brain, dude. COVID brain. Eating my brain. Um, yeah, tomorrow, eight o'clock, tied two two. What a series. What a great series. <laughs> oh, what's the what's the Oilers series? Is that actually three nothing or is it like three one? Uh, no, Colorado already won it four two yeah. or four oh. Four oh. Yeesh. Poor Oilers. Actually went to O two or sorry, O T on Monday. Mm. Yeah. They were fighting. Yep. Um, so that's hockey. What else are you saying? Playoffs? I think it's one one. They play they play tonight or tomorrow? I don't know. You're supposed to know that. They play tonight somewhere. at nine. Do they play tonight at nine? Cool. Yeah. So I want no, to let's six. let's all predict Draymond's uh stat, stat line. line. <laughs> and then tomorrow if or while while people are listening to to this tomorrow. Uh, or today, if it's if it's you, um, then you can clown us. Or this would be the one time he like has like twenty five or something like that. <laughs> I'm so pumped for this. As we're doing this, I'm gonna actually bet um, his stat line. <laughs> uh, well, what's the Portnoy put something out? Oh. It was uh, our friend, our friend Dave Portnoy, who uh, commented on our Instagram. Our boy Prez, who we did are. comment on our Instagram. We are basically best friends now. Um, but I do. Oh, so here's another one. Where's the. You can't see. Damn, there was a bet that was uh, Draymond over four and a half fouls in the game. And I was going to take that over for sure, but I can't find it right now. Um, but there is a bet with Dave Celtics and Red Sox, both to win plus 225. I don't hate that. Mm-hmm. Don't the Red Sox. There's also right a playoff boost. For Curry to score thirty plus, Tatum to score twenty five plus, and Jalen Brown to score twenty plus tonight, interesting. plus three forty. Interesting, interesting. Might have to do a little. Part All right, line. what's the uh, so what's the punishment for whoever's the farthest away for Draymond's stat line? We're doing what are we doing? Points. I say points, assists, rebounds, fouls. Okay, and so it's like. The, the person who just is the most away, like you just count it up. If he has three points and you guess two, that's one. If he has four assists and you guess three, that's another one. So that's two total. We just yep. rally it up. Tally it up. Okay. All right. Who wants to go first? What's, wait, what, what, what's the, uh, what's yeah, the punishment? What's the punishment? Um, shit. That's a good question. Ooh. Oh, oh no. Should we have to do something at uh your bachelor party? Oh yeah, I like that. 
Um. All right, fine. Loser has to shave their head. I knew you were going to say something like that. <laughs> That's awful. Don't worry. I, I have a million things in my cart on Amazon to get for your bachelor party. <laughs> like, oh, no. I'm getting Heather's actually going to kill diapers. Oh, yeah. I'm going to order them like two Orange Theory. So Heather doesn't <laughs> see it. Like all this shit. Yeah, dude. I'm going to get some pit vipers. I think I need to get a bucket hat. Maybe oh, some oh, pirate yeah. bandanas. So look at the pirate bandanas. They do Love have the pirate, pirate bandanas. Pirate Can you get an eye patch too? Or pirate do rags? Oh, for sure. Dude, I feel like you could pull off the pirate. Very Dude, cool. I'll do it. I was I was thinking about shaving everything but the mustache too, but I don't know if I'm, I can do that. I'm 100 percent going. You have to. You've got a good stash. Nice little jawline. Great shoulders. <laughs> Stop hitting on me. <laughs> Jack forgot to mention the baby oil in his cart as well. Blackout. Yeah, um, I'm very worried now. I just, wait, I saw something on uh on I think it was Instagram, uh when the Barstool guys, you were telling me how they did the um put in bay, whatever, yeah, and they were yeah. talking about it. And uh I think it was on Twitter actually, and there was a thread and like people were just like commenting like yeah, I'm from Ohio. Ohio, that place is a shithole. Like, did, did, like all this shit. I'm like, this is gonna be a fucking mess of a week. The, the, the literal. So the the thread that uh, Donnie had that actually works at Barstool and did the thing was like, uh, cons: the AC doesn't work, the TV doesn't work, the lobby is a subway. Pros: when I'm blackout drunk, the lobby is a subway. <laughs> I fucking love it. I, it's gonna be it's gonna be outrageous. So, oh man! Uh, um, all right, all right. Let's do. Uh, what about like a, you got to chug like uh like a, a twenty four ounce ice house or something? Okay. Or shotgun it. Oh my Ooh. god! Have you had? We did. Uh, we did uh, tall boy roulette at my other buddy's bachelor party, and you just do tall boy roulette with all like the terrible, terrible beers, like natty ice mm. and uh like all these things and if you if you haven't had one in a while like at 21 or 19 yeah, like, like whatever. i did that but it was like whatever Can't and and now i'm like this is going to end my life maybe we do uh whoever loses has to drink a four loco oh oh god all right. i think they still sell them yeah i mean well, obviously they're toned down but they're, they're not the, the same but yeah yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. I really hope Kalen gets that one. All right. Well, drink of your choice. 24 ounce drink of your choice. You got to drink it at the bachelor party. And we film and it. Buy it yourself. And buy it yourself. <laughs> and we film it and we put it on Twitter so that everyone can laugh at you. Deal. Perfect. All right. I'll go first. Stat line. Um, let's go. Six points. Are you writing this down? Yeah. I can't tell if you're actually writing it down. Are you writing it down? Yeah. All right. Six points. Five assists. Twelve rebounds. Four fouls. Are you just reading off of it, like what it what it says on Barstool Sportsbook or something? No, I'm literally looking at you right now. Four fouls. Four fouls. Okay, Kalen. Um, I'm going. High on the points, nine points. Ooh. Um, we're not doing field goals, right? No. Assists. Um, assists. Uh, six assists. Okay. Um, 
eight rebounds. Mm. And I'll also go four fouls. Four fouls. Okay. I will go. I'm going to go four points, uh, three assists. I'm going to go nine rebounds and six fouls. He's going to foul out. But if he just like doesn't play rebounds, let's go. (laughs) Rebound, rebound, rebound. Um, Yeah, if he doesn't play, then we all all have to do it. (laughs) He's like, eh, oh, I'm just not feeling it. Then we're all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Instead of waiting all the way to the bachelor party, we got to just do do this this weekend. Okay, I'll be at a wedding, but I'll see if they have tall boys. Yeah, I got a wedding. This <laughs> so, sir, do I you know want it's a classy affair? But you have <laughs> uh, here. Do you want a Pinot Grigio, or would you like this, <laughs> this uh, <laughs> vodka soda? Uh, do you have any Four loco? <laughs> I really need a Four loco if you got it. Hey, they got it in kegs. That's true. That's true. Do they? Uh, well, yeah, we got we to gotta do that no. and film it this, at some point this weekend. Okay. Deal. All right. Well, let's end it on that. I, uh, we, we've got Anthony Tresh from PFF coming on here to talk Michigan football and college football. He was awesome uh, to talk to. Dude, anybody that we've talked to so far from PFF, and we're going to keep having these guys on because we've built a great relationship with them, they are like walking encyclopedias. It's insane. They can just like rattle off guys' names and stats and stuff like that. And so they're they're literally like, you know, the, the 69 logo, the what's it, uh, yin-yang? They're like, the, they're the yang to our yin. <laughs> <laughs> because we we don't really oh know God. anything, you but know we're sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we're they're, they're the yin to our yang because oh. they know they actually like know things, and we're just like kind of three you assholes. Know. Yeah. So. Oh, anyway. this, this is going to come out on June 9th as well. Happy six nine. Six nine. Happy six nine. All oh. part of the plan. <clears throat> I like that. I like that a lot. Um, nice. Cool. Nice. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. Uh, go follow Anthony at uh, PFF underscore Anthony as well. Um, we appreciated him coming on. We had a, had a great conversation. And uh, here it is. We've got Anthony Treesh from Pro Football Focus on today. We appreciate you joining, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Hanging in there. Yeah. Um, so I, I should have asked this before we started recording. It is Trish, correct? It's actually trash, but honestly, oh, no. it's like, that's a big debate in my family that I just don't <laughs> even get involved with because everybody pronounces it differently. Um, and no one gets it right the first time. So don't, don't, don't feel bad for getting it wrong. That's actually how like half of my family says it, but I rolled with trash. So that's how I say it, but you know, it's, it's kind of whatever at this point. What's like the worst mistake you've ever gotten? Oh, trash. Easily. Trash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll never forget. It was like, I think it was second grade, you know, end of the year award ceremony. Some teacher never heard of, heard of me, you know, reading off names, you know, Anthony Trash. You know, you're like <laughs> eight years old. Everyone's pointing at you. Yeah. And then it just sticks from that point on. But now, I mean, that's probably the worst one. But um, it, it comes up every once in a while still. 
Tony <laughs> Trash. Oh no. Tony <laughs> Trash. Oh god. Yeah. All right. Uh, we won't we won't put you through t- uh that much misery here. We like you already. So um but uh welcome to the pod. We appreciate you coming on. So you are the lead college football analyst for Pro Football Focus. Um, tell us how you got there and, and, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you've been doing to get to that point and also what you've been doing while you, you're at Pro, uh, PFF. Yeah, so, I mean, I've been with PFF in some capacity, I think, for like five years now. Oh, wow. um, kind of grinded part-time there for a couple of years, doing some data collection, um, working behind the scenes on some of the preview packets that we do for television networks. Um, and I just happened to be at the combine doing some stuff with, uh, Bomarito performance systems with Pete Bomarito, um, helping out, you know, some of his athletes while he was in town. And I saw Steve Palazzolo's seven foot ass just walking around the Marriott. I was like, Hey, I, I work with you guys. And then I had a good conversation with him. And then it was just by coincidence, they're looking for somebody and had a couple more conversations when they were in town and came to Cincinnati and. Ended up getting hired full time, kind of working with media deliverables um, and, you know, kind of like graphic strategy. And then eventually, um, you know, writing on part time on the side, you know, like some of that stuff, like my analysis kind of been through the the ringer with uh, all the data collection and the analysis process. So, you know, and then eventually got promoted to content contributor and then PFF lead college analyst uh, a couple of years ago now. So that's where I'm kind of like leading the process, um, all the college rankings, you know, the top 10 list, the you know, all conference teams, you know, the quarterback rankings, you know, I see, you know, get some help there, you know, ask around because you never want to have one person's opinion on one thing. You know, we are, you know, a whole you know company here. So, you know, ask, we'll work with Seth Galina a little bit on those. He watches those quarterbacks in depth quite a bit. Um, even Mike Winter, the lead draft analyst and Bruce Gradkowski too, our quarterback specialist, former NFL quarterback, talk with him about these guys, break them down um, and kind of help, you know, get these lists. And because at the end of the day, they are very important. Um, you know, so that, that's the favorite part about my job because, you know, while like some people, I think more often than anything, people like from the outside, just think, oh, they're just doing this to piss people off. You know, they hate this <laughs> team and all that. And it's like, no, that's not it. You know, my, that's my favorite aspect just because you get those guys that, you know, of course, you know, for Michigan, right. You know, Blake Corum, he's getting all the recognition in the world. He's a superstar. He's one of the best running backs in the country. No one's going to argue that, but like, you know, you look at some other guys that, you know, maybe at the group of five level, this left guard from Texas State, you know, doesn't get a lot of recognition, but he was first team all conference at school. His team's hyping him up, you know, maybe didn't get that for the, the media, which is a pretty flawed process. So, I mean, that's the best part, you know, you know, kind of showing light on the undervalued aspect. So, yeah, that's kind of been my timeline here. Um, and then just kind of you know, see where it, what takes me on from here on out. Love it. Love it. No, it's a, it's a cool thing. I think um, I'm always interested. I go to your guys site quite often actually to just see, especially while like during the season, I want to see who's grading out well. Cause I think from, uh, there are a lot of casual fans out there, you know, and it's not like I'm like, you know, going through the film, you know, 10 different times. Right. So I, I would consider myself still, even though I host a podcast on it, it's still kind of casual, right. It's not like I'm analyzing it that in depth, but I'm always interested to see, like, all right, this person made one good play, and that was, like, the big highlight. That was in the highlight reel for the game. Did they suck the rest of the game, or did they actually play a good, complete game? And that's what I like to see from you guys. And it's just – it is interesting to see, um, especially from a, from my perspective, too, as a Michigan fan, sometimes where I'm like, man, 
they all played a really good game. How did we lose that game or some, or the opposite, you know, how did we win that game and, and vice versa? So um, I, I wanted to ask you, I guess, in a, in a roundabout way here, how much, like, how much do you put on actual like grades and stats and stuff like that? Or is there also just like simply the eye test like that, that guy is a dude and he can play at the next level. I'm glad you asked that because very few people ask that. They just kind of think the grades, the be all end all they think, because this guy's the highest graded guy to think he's the best player. And that's not the case. I mean, the grades are very, very valuable. They're, they're correlated year to year. They're really strong in measuring player performance, maybe not so much player value. That's where you can kind of get into some other metrics. So I always say it's a leading indicator, right? So if, if this guy graded out well, why did he grade out well? You know, that's always the question. You should always ask, why is this guy grading out at this level, right? And then you kind of look at the film and with our database that, you know, all 32 NFL teams use, every Power 5 program uses, and most of the group of five, you can burn through these plays, like, I mean, rapid fire. I mean, you can get through a game in minutes um, and really kind of see, and, you know, you can filter it in any statistic that you possibly could think of. If you want to see third down plays, you see third down plays. You know, for me, looking at the the why of the grade, you can look at the way we kind of divvy up these grades. So everybody knows it's like a zero to 100 or 99.9 technically scale. You're not, you can't get a perfect 100. Um, you know, you look at that scale and what goes into that and formulates that is a lot of grades. You get, you know, zero grades or point, plus 0.5 grades, plus one grades, plus 1.5 or plus two grades. And it goes in reverse too, um, down to negative too. So you look at that, you look at all those grades and you kind of go through all the positives, all the negatives and look at how that kind of happened. And, you know, it's always like the, I think the worst part of like, I love every week of the college football season. I love it. You know, that that's what I live for, but definitely the worst time is like after week three, when you get these power five programs, just beating the hell out of these group of five teams <laughs> and you get these like superstar graders, they're just, you know, elite level. Everyone's like, Oh, this is his year. And then the next thing you know, he goes, you know, it's an SEC school to get in the SEC play and he just falls flat because he's playing against lesser competition. So it's like, okay, sometimes you look at those, how they get those high grades. And it's like, I mean, if they're playing a power five school, that's not happening. like, he can't do that against this type of guy. So, I mean, you know, like your guys are Heisman, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, your guys' podcast, Blue Blue by 90, I, I love the name because it's going to be Blue by 90 each of the first three weeks of the year for it, I guarantee it. They're going to be off the charts in all kinds of metrics, but, you know, it's probably going to be justified in a lot of aspects, but you'll get some of those teams in there that, you know, maybe aren't so much justified there. So, you know, going back to your original question, it's it's not the be-all, end-all, definitely a leading indicator. Um, yeah, I hold a lot of faith in them, obviously, and I'm, I mean, you know, I'm biased. I work for the company. Um, (laughs) I I think it's an excellent grading system. I think it's better than a lot of people give it credit for. Um, But it's definitely not we're holding it up saying, no, this is exactly right every single step of the way. You know, every once in a while, you'll see a high grader that's probably not as good as, you know, one would think given his ranking there. So it makes sense. Um, Kalen, you got a question? Well, I was just going to say, I I love browsing the site. Like it, it kind of gives me the same appeal as like you ever been on like college football reference or something like that. And like, I just get lost in so many stats, yeah. numbers, whatever's going on. And like, there's plenty of times where I'm like, how the hell is this guy graded so high? Oh, he's only got like four pass attempts or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I just love the, the website layout. 
Um, I, I was kind of curious, you have so many stats and it's year to year from like players and teams and things like that. Has there ever been any thought about like moving even forward to like grading coaches? Yeah, so we actually have that behind the scenes. And actually, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but we have um, Connor McQuiston, you know, intern of ours, the under flyers, he ranked the NFL head coaches. And, you know, he kind of used his own system there. Um, you know, it's it's hard to kind of rank those types of players or th- those types of coach that, you know, whole atmosphere, really, um, and getting a firm answer. And I think we, we do have a pretty good system that's behind the paywall. Um, that teams do use and we do consult with teams, you know, at the NFL level, um, sometimes at the collegiate level, as far as, you know, they'll ask, who would you hire based off of what your data is telling you? We'll give our input. Um, but we know it was very, I think it's more valuable for play callers, you know, where you know what they're doing, they're controlling that side of the ball. When you have a head coach is kind of controlling everything. It's a little bit hard to pinpoint, but you can definitely get there. Um, so it's, it's definitely in the works. We'll see if it happens and, gets, you know, to the public eventually. Um, but, you know, it's also difficult because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to put anyone, you know, you don't want to make anyone, you know, pretty pissed, right? Because, <laughs> you know, someone's like, one team's yeah, got the worst head coach in the country and it's kind of a surprise. And, you know, we also work with them. So it's kind of a balancing of everything. Um, and so we'll see if that gets, you know, released out in the public. It's definitely there. Um but, you know, I, I think it probably might be a little bit of ways away, but that's a good question. It's definitely something, especially uh, my guy, Eric Eager, the director of research and development here. He's been obsessed with over it, over the years. And if you follow him on Twitter, he tweet his Twitter's interesting. He tweets some pretty outlandish stuff sometimes, but he will every once in a while give an update, like, you know, top five play callers since like this week. Um, and we also work with the Broyles Award, uh, Broyles Award a little bit um, to get a good list of some of those play callers that exceeded expectations. So I, I have to ask then, and this can be, you know, a little bit of your personal opinion mixed with some of your objective expertise. What's your opinion on Harbaugh? Because there definitely seems to be like a narrative on him. Curious if maybe you have, you know, a more statistical uh, view on him. Yeah, you know, he's he's interesting. I don't think a lot of people could say they kind of had that same path for him. Um, you know, people calling for his job and then all of a sudden making the college football playoff the next year. I think you look at what he did and you have, I do think that a lot of that credit for last season has to go to the coordinators, right? McDonald and Gaddis. I mean, they played a pretty significant part in getting those, those sides of the balls to, you know, exceeding expectations. And, you know, even Sean knew the defensive line coach who's now at USC kind of helping develop Aiden Hutchinson. Um, who was one of the most valuable players, most valuable non-quarterback in the country. Um, you know, so that I think those factors are closer to equal with the head coach than a lot of people would think. Um, but definitely the head coach holds some weight there. And, you know, you look at what they did, it, it's kind of hard to measure the stuff that, you know, people like to say momentum a lot in games, all momentum swing, you know, and, you know, it's in our findings, it's kind of hard to measure that. It doesn't really exist. It's kind of just out there in the ether where people just, you know, bring it up when the time's right. Um, but with head coaching, there's that immeasurable aspect that, you know, some people in the analytics community will disagree with. I think holds some weight that raw, raw nature, right, you know, where you can kind of effectively lead a group of people. And I think it's more, you know, prevalent at the collegiate level where these, I mean, they're 
I mean, college kids, right? I mean, they're, they're student athletes. They're not, you know, getting paid. Well, some of them are now. They're not, you know, getting paid millions of dollars over the course of a contract. They're, they're not adults with kids. You know, the, these guys are, you know, fresh out of high school. And some of them do need that coaching. I mean, you saw that report, right, with uh, the, I think it was from The Athletic talking about the way some of these coaches hire their, their assistants. Harbaugh was featured in there. Uh, the one that stood out to me was Nick Saban. You know, he didn't care about the X's and O's. He cared about how he controlled the room because he needed to, you know, the, the assistant needed to kind of show these five stars that they're not all that, like they've been told since they're the, you know, age of seven, right, that they're at a different level now. So there's definitely that immeasurable aspect that is important. And that's why I, I'm, I like Harbaugh. I, I think you can see with that, he has that special trait to form a team of good culture and a group, good group of people you know, like, like we saw last year. So it's, um, it's an interesting question. I don't think there's a right answer to it. Um, definitely not a wrong one either, but, you know, at least my opinion is I, I do think that, you know, despite even those head coaches that are not play callers and, you know, honestly, we're seeing more and more of those just because these coaches, some of them that did have play calling duties, it's hard to manage a full roster. Right. And then I think in the age of social media, you have to be, more connected with your players than ever um, because they're constantly getting, you know, the, just the, you know, the eagle eye, right. They're just watching them all the time. You know, they need to help kind of control that, but also just with the nature of the game, you're spending less time with families if you're taking on play calling duties. So you're seeing more of those coaches give it up. So I, I think with head coaches and, and college football, at least it's a little bit more difficult to measure. Um, but it, there's definitely, like I said, no right answer, no wrong answer. And I, I think that's uh, the culture plays a bigger part than most people think. So it's interesting that you brought up the Broyles Award, too, because Gaddis won that this past year. Um, and it's funny <laughs> as well that you're talking about play callers because I was in a Spotify Live just yesterday with a bunch of Michigan fans uh, and Ant Wright on, on Twitter. If you follow, if you don't follow Ant Wright on Twitter, you got to go follow him. But there were a lot of people as we were talking about Gaddis, and now that there's a coaching change for the offensive coordinator, obviously the defensive coordinator as well, but on the offensive side of the ball, those play calling duties, and people were calling him the fraud of the year instead of the coach of the year. So I, I think there is there are a lot of people that like Josh Gaddis and what he did here at Michigan. Obviously, the, the offense was last year, even though it was run heavy, still one of the best offenses that Michigan has had in a really long time, right? Um, but People question, how much was he involved? How much was it Matt Weiss and Sharon Moore, actually? You know, and, and even Jim Harbaugh, I think that's been a big question is how much, uh, you know, has Jim Harbaugh actually let off the reins and that type of stuff? Or, or is, does he have his, his, you know, thumbprint still big time on this, uh, on this uh, playbook? And so my, my question there is, you know, do you think that Michigan takes a, a big step back? post Josh Gaddis or or was it not as much Josh Gaddis as it was what everyone out or everyone around him did too so they can plug in Matt Weiss and they'll be okay I think that's a very fair question and I think with the way everything ended it's it's even more kind of this could be something it was so weird gonna, wasn't it yeah. like it was like all right you win the Broyles award and then you like, I don't, and then all of a sudden it sounds like Harbaugh doesn't really want him back enough to pay right. him what he wants. And so then he's like, all right, fuck you. I'm out. I'm going to Miami. And there we are. So that was so weird too. Yeah. It's, um, hopefully we find out one day. I'm not sure we ever <laughs> will, 
But there, I think that, again, I think it's a very fair question to ask. And there's no doubt Josh Gad has played a part. It's just like you said, how much of a part did he play? And he, I think he knows what he, he I know he knows what he's doing, right? I mean, right. I think that's very, you know, well known out there. And I think part of it too, that, uh, that Michigan offense last year, like, like you said, very run heavy and running the ball in the collegiate level, a little bit different from the NFL level. It's very valuable. If you have those different difference makers back there, Michigan did with yeah. Corum and Haskins. Um, I mean, you can, you know, be a game changing offense and lead by that. You know, you can pound ground and pound the ball and be just fine. As long as you have a quarterback that's not making mistakes and Kate McNamara, for the most part, he was, you know, some people might not like this, but he was a game manager, but that's perfectly fine. And then you had those moments every once in a while with JJ when he was put in there. Um, you know, what made that Michigan offense special though, in my opinion, they kind of put them over the top and really came out in some big moments and key games were, the, the trick plays. I mean, no team had more success last year on trick plays than Michigan, right? I mean, you, you saw it constantly. Which I mean, they I, were. Can I step in real quick? Yeah, because for that sure. That was my biggest, like, gripe with Michigan's offense in the past. They never threw a wrinkle in, ever. Never even, like, a misdirection. And then all of a sudden, there was, like, they, they connected on every single one of those plays, and it was unbelievable. So I just had to say that, too. That, you know, that's a perfectly perfect point right there. And I, I I may be wrong here, but I believe I saw something where, you know, they tried, I think some outlet tried to ask Harbaugh about, you know, how much pull do you have with the offense? And he said, hey, every once in a while, you know, let him know, give, give him the trick, you know, every once in a while. And that's where my head kind of goes there. I mean, I think guys played a part in it, but I don't think he was alone in that. Yeah. So whether or not he was deserving of it is a very fair point. I mean, personally, um, probably not. I would have gave it to Jeff Grimes, the Baylor offensive coordinator. I thought what he did, considering the talent he had, which is very little talent that down there, that he was remarkable. Um, but you know, and also too, he, he kind of had success in the past. Made Zach Wilson the second overall pick, um, <laughs> it, which is a whole other can of worms we can get into. But um, but no, it's it's definitely a fair point. I, I think Michigan's offense this year is going to look relatively the same. Yeah depending on which avenue they go at with quarterback, you know, if K does have a short leash and I imagine he probably will, then I think it could kind of get interesting there. But we could see another scenario where it's just like last year, right? Where they're, it's mostly K we get JJ every once in a while when they want to mix it up and kind of go for the big play, you know, some of those, uh, the trickery. Um, I, I think that's definitely a possibility. I personally would ride with JJ um, just given his high upside. And so I, I think Michigan's offense could be, I think there's a pretty established floor given the um, run game that they're going to have. It's, they still have a good offensive line, of course, like I said, with Corum, and you have some other playmakers there as well. You know, I, I still think you're going to see the trick plays, and I think you're still going to have success with those. They're not going to be, you know, directly what they were last year, but they're going to, you know, find a way to get, you know, Donovan Edwards and A.J. hitting the ball in their hands in space and, you know, give them room after – yeah, um, run, run after the catch, or uh, you run in space in general. Um, so I, I think there's a pretty established floor there. It's just kind of how high it can go. And you look at this team as a whole. That defense is—it's not going to be what it was last year. You know, that's going to be upside of the ball. It's going to see some regression. And you know, I think you know we we've heard the stories too about you know how under Don Brown it was pretty vanilla. It was you know, cookie cutter. Everyone knew what they were going to do. They yeah. just thought we have the better talent. We're going to beat you, even though, you know, it just didn't work. 
It worked um, against teams that they had better talent against. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which and was that's great why I, until you yeah. play Penn State and Michigan State and Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, so I, I think if they if Michigan wants to kind of repeat the success they had last year, it's going to have to be flip-flopped where the, the defense is serviceable, good enough, uh, but the offense is going to have to carry them. And I think with J.J., that's how it's going to happen. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. I still think, like I said, it's got a high floor. I'm confident with their play calling abilities at hand, and they're going to be able to know to how to, how to use their playmakers at every position. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's a tough thing because, I, in my opinion, Josh Gaddis in, in year one and year two, was he was not good. He was just not a good play caller. He was thrown into a role that he had never done before, literally hadn't called plays before, and he didn't know what to do. And so – that's where I thought that he like figured it out in year three. It took him a couple years. So I, this is my concern for Michigan's offense going forward in this year is Matt Weiss is in the same boat. He hasn't called plays uh, very often. Right. And so I think calling plays is this thing where you can play as much NCAA as you want, play as much Madden, watch as much film, you know, have as many practices as possible you don't really get play calling experience until you're in a game and a third and four situation and you have to know what you're going to run against that team, uh, you know, depending on what you see for the, from the defense. And so I, I just don't think you get experience. I, I don't know if there are many people outside of like a, uh, a Joe Brady that have come in and like immediately gotten it. It's an immediately clicked. So my my concern for Michigan this year would be like that the play calling and the offense could could take a a step back possibly, um, but I think to your point, like I think that's when you you can't if you're if the offense isn't like super prolific and it's not like high powered, then you need a JJ McCarthy to come in and do that. You can't rely on Cade McNamara and just like ho hum down the field. So. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. So, yeah. And you know, it's interesting because like, I don't think enough people, I mean, like any, any like anything in, you know, the, the sport of football, it's a lot harder than it looks. I mean, yeah. these guys are, it's these not guys are Madden, right. Yeah. It's not Madden. <laughs> yeah. And even play calling. It's like, it's pretty easy just to sit there and be like, well, that was stupid. When you have like all the information in front of you or these guys right. are scrambling on the sideline. Yeah. Um, every once in a while, obviously you can be like, yeah, this guy's probably not that good at what he's doing because of the consistency or every once in a while you'll get a stupid decision. Like, you know, yeah. the, the New York giants running a sneak on, you know, what was it like what nine yards ago, third and nine or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it was, um, it's stuff like that where, but like, there's a lot of people that just don't understand. Like that's one of the most difficult things just to nail the play call. Um, and you know, kind of play chest there because you know the the defense they're watching film they're studying you they're getting you have to disguise everything to make sure they're not going to see what's coming there and don't get too greedy because this worked earlier in the game and you think it's going to work again you know and think about it too because I mean I always think about this when you I played football and I know that there you could have the exact right play call but if you have uh, 10 guys do the right thing and one guy does it the play is blown up Right. And so how do like, it's so hard to get 11, 20 year olds on the same page with your coordinator, <laughs> make it all go right. And then also the other team can't just make a miraculous play. Like it, it is really difficult. So, I, you know, even like, I know there are a lot of times where 
we went back and watched film and it's like, oh shit, we did run that right play call. They just ran the correct play call against us and hit the gap. And that was what did it. So it's one of those things that are tough, but um, I wanted to ask you this too. Uh, and then, and then I'll let Kalen jump in here too. give us somebody on Michigan who we're going to be mad about that. Their rankings aren't high enough. Ooh, um, it's, I think Michigan's fan base is interesting because they're all <laughs> over the place. Like you, you're getting dip, like so many different opinions there. You get some of those like very passionate fans that everybody's great. Some of them are like real and like, yeah, I think Cade's probably the one that stands out where some people, you know, I think there's some, there's a contingent out there that think he's thinks he's the option and that he can lead him to success. I don't really see that at all whatsoever. Um, like I said, I think he's a, a ceiling game manager and that's it. Um, so I probably have to say he's the one that kind of stands out to me. Um, everyone else is pretty, pretty high. I mean, I'm really high on it. Pretty much everyone else on the offense. I mean, that's the best, that's the best, I think, set of skill position players in the country. One of the best, um, need to be careful with that. But yeah, I mean, Corum, Henning, Edwards, Ronnie Bell, um, Andrew Anthony, Eric All, and you can go on and on. I mean, all those guys have the potential to be special, special players. Um, so, I, I mean, I probably have to go with Cade, even though I think that's a smaller contingent that thinks he's going to be something good, um, you know, relative to everything else. But, yeah, going back to the original thing, like I said, yeah, Michigan's fan base is interesting. I love it. It's one of the most passionate <laughs> fan bases in the country. Yeah, you've riled up the the Cade and JJ fight oh a few God. months early here, yeah. A few months early, it's been going on it's since been like two years ago, even when JJ wasn't even on campus yet. So, yeah, yeah, I'm curious um, because Michigan finally got over the hump, beat Ohio State. Now they have to go play Ohio State in Ohio, which obviously is arguably one of the toughest things in college football. Um, and Ohio State is definitely not going to roll over. I mean, they are going to have a very bad taste in their mouth all year. And I'm sure they're going to make a lot of improvements on defense and they might have an even better offense than they did last year. So do you think there's anything specific that Michigan has to do to come out and beat Ohio state on their home turf? Or is it kind of one of those just toss a coin kind of games? Yeah, I think we kind of have to wait and see, to like get really specific at what they need to do because I think there's a lot of wild cards with Ohio State specifically with that defense. I mean, obviously they got Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. That's a huge addition, but how quickly can all of those players get up to speed? I mean, he brought, you know, Tanner McAllister. He's going to man the slot for him from Oklahoma State. He was a transfer in. You know, he's going to be just fine, obviously, but it's everyone else. I mean, there's a ton of talent there. You know, Denzel Burke, obviously the cornerback, you know, shined as a true freshman last year, was supposed to be a wide receiver, learning the position, looked fantastic. Um, you know, the defensive line's great. You have some five stars that could break out. Jack Sawyer, um, Tyleek Williams, the interior defensive lineman, I'm pretty high on him. Um, you know, so there's a lot of talent there. It's just kind of how can they get active, you know, activated there? I don't know how quickly they can. I'm kind of expecting, you know, for a few years there, you know, that secondary at Ohio State, they called themselves BIA, best in America. I don't think they're going to be that this year. I think they could get there. They have the raw talent, but I don't think it's going to be this year. And at that point, you kind of have to, I go back to the quarterbacks because 
you're going to have to have a special quarterback that can put up points because, like you said, that offense is going to be nasty. And I, I think, too, with that offense, I still, I'm still want to see more of CJ Stroud. Obviously, he's a top five quarterback returning in college football. You know, he's great talent, got a big arm. Um, my concern with him is like not that he can't be a good quarterback. I mean, he's going to be a fantastic quarterback. It's can he be a national championship quarterback? And you look at last year, you saw the early season struggles consistency wise um, against Oregon. Oregon ended up going in the shoe and beating them, shocking everybody. I think they were a couple touchdown underdog and did so. Um, and you look at CJ Stroud, and you know I'm probably the only one that would say I think he played a bigger role in that than you know, anyone else on the team, there were some mistakes by everybody, but I think he had some misses there. And you look at, I go back to his accuracy. It's, if you look at the numbers over the course of the year, it's some of the best in the country, but he has some outliers because he's very inconsistent with his mechanics. And I thought he tweaked it when he sat out that game because of the shoulder injury. And I I think he was kind of overcompensating a little bit. You didn't really see that core get used properly. And you saw some just wide, wide misses where a lot of people kind of panicked early on before he started to kind of figure some things out. Now he's still kind of, we didn't really, I didn't see that consistency that worries me when you're playing a team that's going to have a lot of, you know, force a lot more tight window throws, you know, they're not going to be wide open alleys there. Like some of those teams he was facing down that hot stretch. Um, We did see some growth from him where I was very impressed, you know, kind of moving off his first read, you know, when he was, when he was out going out there to have to make a play, make the right decision. I mean, he did it and he made some big time throws in there. So I think he's a very special quarterback. I think there's just a little bit more because like right now we're seeing a lot of debate, like who's the number one overall pick next year. Is it CJ Stratt or Bryce Young? For me, it's like right, right now, a lot's going to change. It could be completely different, but I think it's Bryce Young and I personally can't, can't see CJ Stroud above Bryce Young because I still need to see CJ Stroud show he's a, he's a championship quarterback. Um, and I think those kind of issues that I outlined are something I'm going to be keeping an eye on now. I don't want anyone to take this be like, I don't believe in Ohio state. I think they're going to be, they're one of two teams that's going to win the national title. I just need to see that. So that's something I would be looking for on the offensive side of the ball. But of course you have Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison jr. You can Travion Henderson um you know very good offensive tackle duo with dewan jones and um paris johnson moving over from guard back to his natural spot at tackle i mean this is going to be a very good team so i think the the questions i need to see before because i think the the line's probably out right now but i I don't know it off the top of my head but i imagine ohio state's a pretty happy favorite i think it was it was close to two touchdowns i think it's two touchdowns yeah yeah Yeah. And, and so i can see that based off of like everything and outlined i think a lot of people think cj stroud's an elite quarterback, one of the best college quarterbacks that's walked this earth in the last few years. And that defense is going to rebound. I think that those are two things where I could see happening, but I'm very, very cautious to say that's automatic going to happen um, this upcoming season. And with the defense probably being the, being the one I'm least confident in. Um, so going back, that was a long, long ramble. I just did there but going back <laughs> to your original question. I, if I had to bet that right now, I would probably take Michigan. Um, I think it would be a little bit closer than that, but uh, like, again, if Michigan's going to beat them, it's, they're not even going to have, they're not only going to have to have Ohio state, those two point issues I pointed out be issues. They're going to have to have JJ McCarthy as their quarterback. And he's going to have to, you know, be the, the quarterback. Everyone's kind of expecting him to be. I, I think if Michigan wants to beat Ohio state this year, they're going to have to score 50 plus points, honestly, because, <laughs> Ohio State is going to score 40-some, if not 50. And so it's just going to have to be a shootout, which 
that that game being a shootout is the last thing that Michigan wants, right? It's the last thing, but it's you're gonna have to play their game because it's in their house, and that's what they're gonna do. Um, the question I have about CJ Stroud is how good is CJ Stroud? Because he never he's made some tough throws. Ninety percent of the throws he has, the guys are ten yards wide open. So I don't know, like I don't see him all the time, like forcing a throw right into a you know tight spot and making an unbelievable throw. Yes, he he has made those and he's he's dropped dimes and all that stuff, but it's not like he's doing that play in and play out. And this is me being biased for sure. I, I'll admit that right away. But I just like I, I just I don't know if we'll know truly if he is like that elite quarterback that you're talking about, that championship quarterback, even until after he leaves Ohio State and goes to the NFL. And and then he's going against NFL defenses with the Jets at wide receiver instead of, you know, three top five picks at wide receiver. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, it was good by you to clear that up that he has made those because you're going to get if some Ohio State fan does that, you're going to see the throw against Indiana where he you know, yeah. just piped it down the middle. But no, I'm right there with you. I mean, most he made he's made some incredible throws. He's been on time. It's just you know, can like I like well, like exactly like you said, it, it, can he do it at the NFL level? That's where I'm a little bit cautious to say it's a slam dunk automatic. Yeah, he's he's going to be a superstar. I think there's some some reason like, there's a case to be made to be doubtful. But you know, he's still a very good quarterback. But, yeah, I, I think, you know, I, like I said, I'm not as bullish on him as someone like Bryce Young, who I think is, well, undersized. His footwork is I – mean, NFL coaches are going to have a field day with his footwork. They're going to puke. They're going to call him every name in the book for it because they're going to be <laughs> just frustrated. But it works for him at the collegiate level. And he, his talent's just absurd. And his natural processing ability is off the charts. So, you know, I, I think it's – it's not so much a debate for me right now, even though for a lot of people it is. Yeah. Um, and so we talked about JJ too. Talk about JJ and Cade's, uh, their form too, and, and what they both bring to the table. Because I think a lot of people are just like, they want to see JJ's arm and his talent and all that stuff. And I understand it because there were a significant number of passes, like deep passes that Cade did not connect on. Whether it was short or it was long, he couldn't get it. But then, you know, there are a couple deep balls that we've seen JJ drop in a bucket. So, um, you know, compare the two, uh, you know, I'd say it's obviously we know it's the game manager versus the the Johnny Manziel type unbelievable athlete, right? But, like, when we get down to form and what the, what each of them can bring to the table, where, where do you see both of them? Yeah, I mean, they're completely different quarterbacks i mean just only at different ends of the spectrum um and like you said kate you just can't hit the throws downfield he cannot make those throws downfield and that's an issue um he can take good care of the football you know he can be you know accurate underneath um he can hit the easy stuff you know he's going to take care of the football like i said and that's kind of if you have a stellar running game and an elite defense that's going to win you football games get you the cfp like he did last year um but when you have some deficiencies on defense you're going to need something to kind of help there with JJ you saw it last year like you said I mean he's just an absurd athlete you know I'll never forget that. I mean that Big Ten I was at the Big Ten championship and that play where he's just running down the sideline you know stride for side with Blake Corum catching him up I'm just like what the hell is this I mean I knew it was fast but I mean it, it was just absurd how he, how quick he was there 
Um, and, and so you, you look at what he can do there, the designed run game, but also, um, you know, outside the pocket on the run, creating plays off structure. Um, you know, of course, he had that he had that awesome touchdown off platform against Michigan State. Um, you know, of course, that's kind of negated by the fumble, which is kind of you can argue it's on the running back, too. But well, I'm putting that on to the side. That's a yeah. rare mistake. Um, you know, I, I think his ability from an accuracy perspective and hitting that deep throw, he's proven that. Um, and two, I thought last year he had a couple of high level moments where you're like, OK, this kid knows how to play quarterback. It's some of these some of these offenses in college football are propped up by scheme and they're getting their hand held. Right. I mean, that's something, you know, I mentioned Seth Lena earlier. Um, talk to him about it all the time. I mean, he's like, oh, he's getting his hand held. He's in a you know, quarterback friendly offense, ecology type of offense. There were some times where JJ last year, you're like, wait a second. That, that was an NFL threat. Like he, he did some stuff that you don't see college quarterbacks do as far as understanding what the defense is doing. He made one against Georgia that the one I down thought, the middle. Yeah. Oh that one, God. that one, I was like, I, from that, I was, no one was a bigger fan. Um, besides my guy Dave of J.J. McCarthy and the PFF offices <laughs> than me. And that was a big debate because I remember we were getting shouting matches like, no, he's the guy, not Cade. And that throw, I was like, yep, that, that kid's going to be special. You know, I mean, George is playing Rip Liz there and he fits it into that tight before passing it off. That, that I mean, that small window there. I mean, that's that's elite stuff. So yeah, that those are the differences between the two. So, I mean, Cade, I mean, for Big Ten standards, Cade's a good quarterback. Because a lot of Big Ten teams would kill to have a Cade McNamara. There's like but, eight. There's like probably eight to ten teams that would be like, "You're our starter day one." Right? Oh yeah. I mean, you compare him to. I mean, I don't want to like have guys catching strays, but like Sean Clifford at Penn State. I mean, it's Cade McNamara. Yeah. Um, you look at Illinois, Indiana, probably not Purdue, Minnesota, probably Cade McNamara. I mean, I think the only places he's not is Ohio State. Purdue, Maryland. I mean, those are really the ones that stand out. As, as Herman, I think any Herman other team Thorne would Thorne at MSU, I think, would have a good battle. Maybe mm-hmm. Thorne would come out on top, but still. Yeah, I mean, it's – um, yeah, I mean, he's – again, he's a good quarterback, and I don't want to make it seem like I hate the guy that he stinks. I mean, he's, he's good for college standards. But, again, if you want to be – Michigan wants to be elite. They want to be competing for national titles. He's not going to be, you know, the guy that can get you over that hump. So, I mean, that's where it all kind of stems from. Yeah, I, I think that it's um, it, it's a tough situation that Michigan fans are in. You have this kid that won you the first Big Ten title in almost two decades, and you kind of want to – you still want the next thing, right? But I, I think it's way more complex than that. You can appreciate everything that Cade McNamara did for Michigan last year. You can say that he was, you know, very, very good and he did the job that he needed to do. But then you can also at the same time say that, hey, we want to get to the next level when we feel like J.J. McCarthy, sophomore J.J. McCarthy can get us there. And there are just like, I think Cade McNamara himself would probably admit like there are certain things that J.J. can do that I can't, right? Um, now with that being said, like, I know that Cade's leadership in the locker room is unreal, right? I know that he knows that playbook, like the back of his freaking hand. So I think there are other things to it, but you know, either way, we're going to, we're going to debate this until September 3rd or whatever, probably even later into the season anyway. So yeah, 
But Jack, welcome to the show. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us. I came right on time. Yeah, Slander and Kate or what? <laughs> no, no. Anthony was. Anthony was. Anthony yeah, was. Anthony, modestly, modestly. He's he's a good quarterback. Nothing nothing special, but I, I like Kate. Dang. <laughs> we were just talking about what they both bring to the table, to be honest. But um, so all right, let's uh let's do some power rankings of the Big Ten here. Um so we talked a little bit already about Ohio State. Um who else who else do you got at the top of that list that you think could be competing in both the East and then the West for uh to get to Indy? Yeah, I mean I think it's it's Ohio State, Michigan. I don't I'm not buying Michigan State. I think they're Ooh. going to Yeah. I ain't think, coming. Talk ain't coming. Yeah. I so <laughs> like Indiana, for example, twenty twenty, unreal year. Surprised everybody. You know, everyone's on the bandwagon. Then they fall off a little bit last year. I can see Michigan State doing the same thing. I'm not saying they're gonna go two and ten, but I think they're going to struggle a little bit more than a lot of people think I think the loss of Kenneth Walker is significant. I'm not as high on Peyton Thorne as a lot of people. I think so. There's there's a difference in like flukiness and like having trick play success. Like Michigan had they had good offensive design, but they also had like special players that pair with that. Where it's like some teams can sniff it out, but we just have better players that you know, we're still going to beat you with it. With Michigan State, I mean they still have good players. Jaden Reed, wide receiver, is exceptional, but. I mean, they had a lot of success off of flea flickers. I mean, I've never seen anything before like it. I mean, they had like four 35-plus-yard flea flicker touchdowns. You just don't see that. That's <laughs> not going to happen again. And, you know, that defense, everyone knows the secondary is not good. I'm concerned about the pass rush. They lost some key guys there. Jacob Slade, the interior defense alignment's awesome, but I think that front seven's a little bit weaker. I think they're going to take a back seat. I, I think the only team I'd be thinking, man, I wouldn't be super surprised if they shocked everybody is Wisconsin because they're really a quarterback away. If I'm, I don't think he's going to turn it around, but if, what if Graham Mertz is something, what if he's good? That's going to be a really good, good for five games. He, he was, was unreal. Yeah. he was like Heisman for five games. Yeah, I mean, that debut was at 2020 against Illinois. He didn't oh throw single untouchable passes. One incompletion was a drop. He's, he's uh, ever since then though, he's kind of been rough. And so, I mean, if he can turn it around, then we're talking Wisconsin probably, even though they lost, the, I think, their two most important players um, defensively with Leo Chanel and Jack Sanborn, the off-ball linebackers, which those, for those, that scheme, Jim Leonard's scheme, those are the engines of that, uh, that defense, right, with their blitz packages, their pressure packages. But I still think that they're going to have a lot of success there. So I think, you know, it's probably, you know, Ohio State, then Michigan. And I think there's a, a, a gap, but probably not as sizable as some people would think. And then Wisconsin, um, I, I think it's going to be Wisconsin out of the West. I think maybe someone could surprise them. I don't see Iowa doing it again because it was a lot of just relying on coverage play and interceptions, and that's not stable year to year. That offense is going to be a train wreck. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. It's, uh, By the end of the year, that was like they were – that offense was so bad. Yeah. I mean, I think Minnesota, I don't think they're going to – shock people or by any means i think they could be you know sneaky good maybe just a tough team every once in a while i mean again they did lose to bowling green last year and you know they tanner morgan's their quarterback and you know they kind of relying on some some bad i don't know i, I don't want to get too deep into i it, think but. jack actually looks like tanner morgan a little bit more you athletic do. version though more yeah, version, i think though. i think if it, i played quarterback for minnesota that would really 
bring them up. That's, you have that's the look. Cool notch they need. You do have you know? the look. I met. I did. Tanner came into the PFF offices offices one uh, one time, and um, they, he was a super nice guy. Um, but now that you say that, I, I mean, it's spinning image. I mean, if you sh- if you showed up in the PFF offices, is that Tanner Morgan back here again? But no, um, they working out a little bit harder. <laughs> you need some PJ Fleck in your life, right? <laughs> What about um, like uh, boilers, right? I mean, they. I saw that they oh, have yeah. a, a really highly ranked uh, QB, like one of the highest ranked QBs in the country, which I yeah. found a little bit surprising, but like interesting. Yeah, and they're they're a team too. That's a sneaky team. I wouldn't be surprised if we're looking back and they're. Uh, I don't want. Oh, this is a loose record proje- projection, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're eight and four, may, maybe nine and three. I could see them surprising some people because of Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback. I mean, that's a legit quarterback. He can do some special stuff. Um, you know, the wide receiver room is a little thin with losing David Bell, but they still have Milton Wright, the former four-star recruit. That offensive line is going to be decent. Um, I think they're going to be good offensively. It's just the defense. That's where all the questions start to arise. Can they cover? So, you know, I think Purdue's going to be a sneaky good team as well. I still think, though, I would be, I would be pretty surprised if it's any team other than Ohio State or Michigan coming out on top. And you know, Maryland's also a sneaky team, but they're in the East. They're just they're not at the level Michigan and Ohio State are. You know, I think this is a conference that really, really needs the divisions just wiped because the East is unfair. I mean, it's just it's super stacked to the point where it's just unfair to teams like Maryland. Um, Indiana and Rutgers is, is the other one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just unfair. It's unfair to those teams. So how would you how would you do the the conference then if you if you got rid of divisions? I'm with you. Like I, I think they should do what the Big Twelve did or does. But like would you yeah. have the top two teams play or would you have some sort of difference different thing? So it's not like Michigan Ohio State playing each other over here? Yeah, I would definitely kind of do what the big 12 does i think that's probably the right strategy i think you keep those rivalry games intact and you know i it gets tricky if you want to kind of do like those little pods where you play each other you're guaranteed to play each other every year um but i I think probably that's the best strategy um and keep those special rivalry games intact um but yeah like i said you just wipe them i mean it, it needs to be done tell us about your uh do you have a You've probably had a lot of like good interactions with players and coaches in college football, I'm, I imagine. Is there one that stands out that's like you had a hilarious interaction or or some like a good storyline or anything? Ooh, um I got to think I got some of them I don't want to say, but um <laughs> off the record. We'll stop. I think I think probably the funniest one was just like, you know, at the senior bowl and you know, shooting the shit with PJ Fleck and he was just so in on these wide receivers because he's a wide receiver guy. And he had his, he was, he's been on, you know, been over just like writing these guys out. Just like, look at this. You see that right there? And just, he was just kind of breaking these guys down. Like he was like the, the general manager for an NFL team. It's like, what are you doing? Like, these guys, you're not going to see these guys. But he was just so infatuated with these guys. He was pure football mode and that's who he is. So that's probably like one of the most recent, like kind of funny ones there. Some of the stuff I can't say, but you know, he, that was probably one where I was just like kind of caught off guard. I was like, man, this guy's this is a football guy. <laughs> like he, he's you could tell, like he's probably right now, I don't know what he's doing. It's football. It's gonna be July at 9 p.m. on a Wednesday. He's 
speaking about football in any month of the year. So that's that's the type of guy he is. He he does seem a little crazy, but which is like, but it's like football guy crazy where it's it's normal then if you're a football guy, right? Yeah, I mean, it, to be a college football head coach, you kind of <laughs> gotta have to like you gotta have to loose screw a little bit. I mean, that, that's just kind of the way it is, and those guys are some of the best in obviously in the industry. So, I mean, that's, it goes to show what kind of like greatness is. And I think you could say that about any profession. Yeah. Right. Here's oh, a man. truly, truly difficult question for you. Uh-oh. What is a more difficult conference, the big 10 East or the sec West? Ooh. Um, so I actually I talked to uh, Mike Loxley today, Maryland head coach. I saw that. I asked, yeah, I asked him the same thing, and he. I mean, obviously he's going to say it because he's coaching in the Big Ten East. But he's like, yeah, I mean, coming from Alabama, he's like, that's pretty similar. I mean, the Big Ten East can go toe to toe with the BSCC, and I think they're probably about the same. Like I'm a little biased towards Big Ten because I grew up in Big Ten country, right? And that's what I watched. I mean, I personally. Like a lot of guys at PFF, they hate like uh, what was it? Penn State, Illinois last year. They hated it. They said it was horrible football. What I was, what was that? It. Seven overtimes or something like that? Yeah, I mean it was just pure disgusting. But it was the best football. They couldn't yeah. score. Nobody could <laughs> fucking score. I mean, I loved it. That's just what I grew up on. Everyone else is like from out west, you, you know, from the south. They're like, what the hell is this? You <laughs> want to know? Actually, side note too, one of the best shirts at the Big Ten Championship game that I saw was an Iowa uh, guy wearing a shirt that just said, punting is winning. <laughs> and I thought that was <laughs> the best shirt ever. I mean, that, that's I mean, that's some Big Ten football right there. But, you know, I, I think the Big Ten East is probably – Closer than some of SEC, SEC Nation would be hard no. They're not even remotely in the same stratosphere. I think they're closer than that, but I don't know if the one's clearer than the other. It depends on the year. I see you are a man of culture as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, I feel like there's a there's an argument there for sure. Um, but, you know, if you ask anybody in the SEC, then it would be a different story, I imagine. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. I'm, I'm all out of questions, to be honest. We've been going on for almost an hour now, so I don't want to keep it too long. Yeah. I mean, thank you guys for having me. I, I, I enjoyed this a ton. Um, I'm not sure what kind of like college football stuff we're going to have coming out. We're going through some, you know, changing of strategies and stuff here, but you know, we'll have some PFF, um, college football stuff up on the side. We have a preview guide coming up too, um, which kind of goes in deep on Michigan and, going to say some positive things about Michigan, even though the quarterback is kind of situations up in the air. So um, we'll have that on PFF.com. But yeah, thank you guys for having me on. I totally enjoyed it. Absolutely, man. And I, I did, I was talking to Dave. He, he said I had to, to talk about him to you because you guys are tight. Oh yeah. I mean, me and Dave, we have some, we have some fun memories, um, some long nights together. There's no doubt about that, but we, we have some good memories. I mean, Dave's my guy. That's one of my favorite people on the planet. There's no doubt about that. He's, he's the absolute man. There you go. Well, we're, we're going to have Dave Safaro on our pod at some point here too, coming up to talk Michigan. So we're excited about that, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't think there's a soul on this planet more passionate about Michigan than Dave. And he's, <laughs> it, it's rub, it rubbed off on everybody. Um, he's just in such an infectious dude. I love him to death, but yeah, that's that. When you hear like that's die hard, 
he's the definition of diehard. I respect the heck out of it. I love it. I love That's it. Perfect. He'll fit in perfectly here. <laughs> um, so yeah, we appreciate you, man. I honestly, we love PFF. So if you guys are out there listening to this, go subscribe, go follow these guys, Anthony Tresh. Uh, what's what's your? Is it Anthony Tresh PFF? Uh, at, at PFF underscore Anthony. Okay, there you go. So go follow him on Twitter uh, and go read his stuff at PFF, doing all the the good work for us so that we. Uh, can pretend to know what the hell is going on in college football. Um, so we appreciate you doing the dirty work for us. Uh, so go follow them there. You can follow us at blue by 90 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at blue by 90 podcast on YouTube as well. We appreciate you. Go blue. Go blue. Go blue.